minutes of our lives inside Either we're in traffic at work or close eyes How about we all agree that it's way overdue to take back our lives What's up, guys? Welcome into the Go Work Wherever podcast. I'm your host, Roy Edwards. This is the podcast where we talk about tech, tech trends, AI, the ability to work wherever so that you can live every day like it is Saturday. So welcome on in. Today, we're going to talk about what I believe is the tech bubble burst. And so when I say tech bubble burst, I don't mean that technology is decreasing. What I mean is that the race of the big tech companies, I believe, is bursting. And it's really bursting in a sense of human capital versus techno technological advances. Because I do think that all of these companies will will bounce back in a sense, or at least their technology will will bounce back in a sense. There has been a ton of reports over the last quarter where tech companies are having massive layoffs. And on this podcast, I had actually mentioned that we're going to start to see a trend in layoffs to say organizations are going to start mandating their people to come back. And then from those mandates, they're going to follow them up with massive layoffs. And that's what you're starting to see happen. And so let's just go over these companies before I get into exactly what I believe is, is starting to happen. Because over the last year, we have seen a trend of cities starting to change, we'll say. And so I'll start off with this is a... Um, these are roundabout numbers, and these are big tech. So first we have Amazon, which Amazon is projected to cut at least 10,000 jobs, which is a hell of a lot. They are second most when uh, on the list that I have, which Twitter is still cutting, so Twitter could catch that as well. Shopify, 1,000 jobs. Netflix, 450. Twitter, this says 3,700. Lyft, 700. Meta, 11,000. Stripe, 1,100. Coinbase, 1,100. Snap, 1,000. And so this comes just after the elections. And so you have some people from the right who are saying, oh, look, you know, just after elections, of course they're going to start cutting because they're preparing for a recession and yada, yada, yada. Potentially. I think there is a political motive behind this. I don't think that this is totally due in part for preparation of a recession. I know that that's the big scare right now is that everybody's afraid of a recession. 
whether or not we're actually in one or not, I'm going to leave that to some other podcast because I, I don't really want to talk about it here. That's not really what the point of this show. What I'm going to talk about on this show is that I believe that we are actually in a shift in big tech where we're going to start to see these major corporations where prior to it was a race to human capital. How many people can we employ to begin to build out technology, whether they're developers or customer service representatives or quality assurance people or whatever they were, that these jobs are being cut, sales, advertising. But it was a race to, to collect as much data as possible, to get as many advertisements, advertising, sales as possible. And notice who's not on this list is TikTok, which they're winning in these right now. Netflix is actually, uh, of course, they're going to cut some jobs right now because if you look at how many streaming platforms are out there, notice who's not on this list. Disney, Peacock, okay? These are the companies that are winning. HBO, they're winning in their area right now. Netflix has had struggles for a good while in terms of, of they were kind of the first to get to the the finish line, so to speak, or at least what getting to the point of uh, streaming platforms. They were they were one of the first to get out there, and you've seen them. Uh, you know, when when I first had Netflix, it was seven ninety nine, and you had the DVD sent to your house. It has obviously increased. I believe it's like fourteen, fifteen dollars now. But you're starting to see this 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 shift, and so as I looked at these. I said, well, okay, it makes sense. A lot of these companies have overextended themselves. They're trying to jump into areas and expand out into areas that they know little about. Snap has kind of lost some of its battle to Meta in terms of Meta's stories through Instagram. So they're hurting a little bit. Meta has overextended itself with a total rebrand, you know, everything that had to do with the, the last couple of elections and they have they're in a hurting place. Amazon went all in on some of their uh what was it, Lord of the Rings, which didn't do as well as they had hoped. They have purchased Thursday night football and they have uh they've they've gone a lot of different directions. Amazon has. Shopify, Twitter, new CEO, Lyft is competing with Uber and losing coinbase has to deal with crypto hurting right now so from a technology landscape not the best right i think we can all agree on that but i started to look in a little bit deeper because like i said i do think that there's a political motive behind this and so i started to look into where these organizations are located and i'll, I'll just go down the list here so twitter is in San Francisco. Stripe is in San Francisco. Coinbase is in San Francisco. Amazon HQ. Now they have multiple HQs. They're talking about setting up a second HQ in Washington, D.C. Uh, New York has been thrown around, but Seattle is their HQ. Shopify. They are Canadian, so they're in Ottawa. Netflix, Los Gatos, California, 
Meta, California. We did Stripe. Snap, California. So if we think about where all of these are located, California, 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 Ottawa, Seattle, most of which the majority of these, I believe three of these were in San Francisco itself, which San Francisco is big time hurting. So the metro area population of, of San Francisco is seeing a decline, has seen a decline year after year since uh, since since 2019, 2018. So they saw a, yeah, they've seen a steady decline since 2018, which is, if you've ever been to San Francisco, it's not much of a surprise. In fact, we've seen a mass exodus out of California, really, over the last five years. These, you know, tech companies where they pushed remote and it flushed their employees out where you, they, those were some of the higher paying jobs within the San Francisco, you know, San Francisco is known as Silicon Valley. So they, they are all in on, on tech. And so you have these big tech companies that are in there and those are the high paying jobs. And a lot of those employees were then working remote, moved to different uh, areas. Some of them moved to different organizations and you had this mass exodus of California and so some of them have moved into Texas. We're starting, you, you know, that was a, a big thing that we saw over the last couple of years. And so San Francisco metropolitan area has seen a mass, mass decline in people over, since 2018, really. And so what could all of these have in common? Why am I bringing up California and Seattle and Ottawa. But these cities are all starting to see a mass decline and they're all left-leaning cities. So they have higher taxes, extremely high taxes, some of the highest taxes in in the country in the United States. Ottawa, I'm I Ottawa is kind of an outlier for me. I don't know too much about Canada, so I'm not even going to pretend to know anything about Canada. But when you're talking about Seattle and you're talking about California, San Francisco, and and uh, and elsewhere, you're talking about major tax increases. You're talking about major displaced workforce because a lot of the West Coast is that's it's remote is is pretty prevalent there in some of these major cities like what I just mentioned with San Francisco a lot of their employees that's the tech industry right so i think there's a political motive behind this where big tech is being incentivized in one way or another to bring their employees back to the office to help kind of replenish these cities i have no real proof behind this other than me just looking through where these places are located, the taxes behind them, the struggle that these cities are going through, and then seeing these massive layoffs. So I believe that part of this massive layoffs that you're starting to see, there will be a political motive behind it, whether incentivized or not, that cities are on the decline and cities this, – this city decline is not helping – the current economic landscape. Now, I believe that ultimately, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, that 
remote work will be the death of major cities, metropolitan areas. That remote work, if you can live wherever you want, why would you overpay for a very small apartment in a metropolitan area? You no longer have to walk to work or catch a metro or subway or whatever to get to work. So why would you live in those cities? So naturally, you're going to see the progressive uh, migration out of these cities. But I think that between 2020, um, COVID and everything that happened over the last couple of years, plus the accelerated rate of remote work that was already happening from the decline since 2018, metropolitan cities had had already started down this path. You know, over the last couple of years, it's been accelerated. And so you had this rapid decrease in people in major cities. And now you're starting to see those ads again of, hey, come to New York, right? Come, come check us out. You're starting to see those tourist ads again to California where these had started to kind of fade a little bit, you know, because California, you know, the California dreaming, right? I love New York. These were things where they had branded around, hey, you know, people already wanted to come out here. People already wanted to move here. People already wanted to chase their dreams here. But at some point with remote work, it changed. So I think that that's where we're at. We're at a, a, a political landscape where these major tech organizations will be incentivized to have members in the office living in these states. Similar to what West Virginia did, and I'm not just pulling this out of out of my rear, West Virginia did this a couple of years back where they were incentivizing – now, they were incentivizing the worker, not the, not the organizations, but there are other incentive, in, incent, uh, what it, incentives. That's the word. There are other incentives for organizations to have certain number of employees, percentage of employees in an area, which I'll go over here in a second. But West Virginia a couple of years ago offered to pay remote workers from the Washington, D.C. area where I am. $12,000 over a period of two years if they would move to West Virginia. So if they were a remote worker to Washington, D.C. or a commuter, they would offer them $12,000 to come live in West Virginia, which sounds like it's a pretty far away. It's really not. It's about an hour and a half drive, depending on where you are in West Virginia, but that's what they were offering up, $12,000. So there was that incentive to come live in West Virginia, which I don't know if anybody did it. I looked into it and I was like, hey, you know, how would I, could I make this work? Would I want to do it? I thought about it. There are something called a hub zone for my federal contracting companies out there. There's something called a hub zone where you do have a, um, it's for organizations who are in a area that is low income or they're trying to build up an area. And so I believe it's 50% of your workforce has to be in the area uh, commuting. And if, if you have your workforce in the office or in that general area that you're trying to build up, then you can go after contracts. There are certain set-asides for hub zone uh, organizations and uh, they get different benefits. I'm going to... We'll look up what exactly the Hubzone certification gives a business a 10% pricing advantage over its competition bidding on the same government contract. Hubzone firms are eligible to bid on set aside contracts, limiting the scope of compensation to only Hubzone certified firms. All breaches, 
all branches of the federal government have a 3% hub zone budgetary target, meaning that 3% of their contracts that they are awarding have to go to hub zone. So these are these are things that already exist. So what does it mean to be a hub zone certified business? So here we go. Joining the hub zone program makes your business eligible to compete for programs that are set aside contracts, which we just talked about, 10% pr price. Uh, so yeah, and then who is eligible? So companies with their principal offices located in uh, hub zone designated areas might qualify to participate in a hub zone program. Uh, it doesn't say what percentage of the workforce, but there is a percentage of the workforce that has to be um, has to be there. I believe it's fifty percent. Um, so there are incentives. Forty percent of its employees live in the hub zone. So forty forty percent, not fifty. But there are incentives to organizations to have people physically in a location. I think that between the incentives behind these organizations to have people come live within the areas, I think that they will be incentivized by the government in some form or fashion, whether it's state, local, or federal. I don't know. I'm not – I can't tell the future, but I already know that there are incentives out there that have to do with hub-zoned organizations. To my knowledge, I don't know if San Francisco or some of these areas are hub-zoned. It's possible Amazon is trying to – make heavy pushes into the federal government with AWS and uh, Amazon Connect. Their phone service just got approved uh, to go into federal government uh, servers. So they are making a steady push. The other organizations that we talked about, Shopify, Twitter, Netflix, Lyft, Meta, maybe Meta with the metaverse, but the other rest of them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that any of them are making a, a large federal push or even have any interest in it, but that's not to say other incentives might come about that aren't hub zone related. I was just using hub zone as an example. So what I do think that is going to happen right outside of that is we are going to start to see a shift away from human capital and more into machine learning and artificial intelligence. I think this is the other side of the coin. So one side of the coin, I think that there is this is a political motivated uh, strategic strategy. This is a political motivated strategy by these com by these companies and organizations to bring members back into the office so they can take advantage of potential um, political grants or programs or incentives. And I do think that they are being pressured by the states in which they live. I Again, that's total tin, tinfoil hat there. I'm just reading the trends and making an educated guess at that. Non-educated guess here is that I do believe that we are on the verge of seeing artificial intelligence and machine learning take up more of a role within organizations. We are starting to see organizations say that they want to become more leaner. And so when you want to become more leaner, you're going to lay off and you're going to make a internal um, audit. You're going to go over your organization. What is that you're doing? What processes do you have in place? And then how can you make them quicker, better, faster, cheaper? This has happened multiple times through history, through different uh, revolutions, right? That you had the tech, tech, uh, tech revolution, you had the uh, 
you had the um, industrial revolution. You had all kinds of different times where they were saying, well, we need to replace people with machines. So I think this is another instance in, in history where we're going to start to see this. And I think that we're looking at an AI ML boom. So the tech capital, human capital, I think is b bursting where you're going to see less and less people who are working for these big tech companies and you're going to start to see them replaced by machines, robots, whether they are AI, machine learning type of things. But I think that's where we're headed next. And I hope that there's an element of collaborative intelligence here and that we're not going full AI because sim simply I don't think that the industry is ready for a full AI ML push, but it could be a financial thing where you're talking about saving millions, potentially billions of dollars by implementing AI ML, even though it might not totally be ready. You have the financial reasoning of doing it early to uh, to save your butt, maybe save your job as a, a CEO or a CTO to, to save face to the shareholders. But I hope that we're going to start to see more collaborative intelligence and less AI ML full, but it is still to be seen. But I do think that is the trend, that more organizations are going to start to become leaner. They're going to start to see these layoffs, and you're going to start to see administrative tasks and some of these uh, things that, that people were doing. You're going to start to see artificial intelligence doing it, and you're going to start to see people taking on more so their plates will be fuller. Maybe it was before it was like a, an account rep had 10 accounts or 30 accounts. Maybe you might see those to 100 or 300 accounts because they're able to make decisions quicker and faster because they have more data because AI and collaborative intelligence is feeding them answers that they, that they need. I think that's where we're headed. And I do think that's a, it is going to be a combination of the two points that I just mentioned. I think there's a political motive. They're going to be incentivized. I also think that there's the shareholder money of becoming leaner organizations. I think that's where we're headed. So this whole like big tech's in trouble, I don't necessarily buy that. But I do think that the tech human capital bubble is bursting. And we're headed in a totally new direction that I think this will be a revolution that our children study about in years to come where we're talking about a technological revolution. Um, I just hope it's not a bad one. <laughs> I'll just say that. So, well, guys, hope you enjoyed this one. Let me know what you think. Hit me in the comments, like and subscribe, whatever platform you're on. We are available on iTunes uh, Spotify, Amazon Music. We're on YouTube for the video. Um, so thanks for hanging out, guys. This has been another edition of the Go Work Wherever or the Work Wherever podcast. Check us out. We are, are going to be launching a website, which I believe does have a placeholder right now. It's goworkwherever.com, which we're going to have a lot of different things. We'll have all podcasts. So you can check up, check out all the latest episodes as well as the archival web, uh, episodes as well. And then the episodes of the Inovari podcast, the old podcast. But you'll also have um, resources, training material, uh, and, and hardware, headsets, remote generators, all kinds of different things to give you a better um, ability to get out and go work wherever. So... Guys, that's still the mission here. Still, the mission here is still to better your lives through remote work so that you can live every day like it's Saturday. Don't get it twisted. That is still the goal here. That's still uh, what we're trying to accomplish here as a uh, community. 
but we got to follow the trends. We got to keep an eye on these things, whether they are uh, trying to predict the future or just reporting out. That's what I'm going to continue to do here on the Work Wherever podcast. Thanks for hanging out. Until next time, guys. See you.